Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Legal Brief. I'm Misty Maris, and as always, I am joined by my executive producer and great friend, Lauren Mincer-Clark. Hi, everyone. Hi. Oh, so glad to be here with you to talk about the case that's really the topic Mm -hmm. of conversation on every network, on every social media platform. There's a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, it really is every day. There's more and more coming out in this case. And quite frankly, I'm surprised. I'm obviously talking about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. And one of the reasons that it's surprising that we're learning so much new information is that we already saw a lot of this play out in the United Kingdom and the UK mm-hmm. case that 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 case. And I thought, well, we probably learned it all from that case, but that's just not true. We're actually finding out a lot more information about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's relationship. A we're lot. We're finding out more about just what, how much tension and uh, how much their relationship was so explosive. And we're also learning a lot about after the fact. So after their divorce was finalized, just what happened, going everything to the crafting of the article that's the subject matter of this case, the Washington Post op-ed, there's so much coming out. So let's do a little bit of a recap of what's happened so far uh, and Lauren, I know that we're waiting anxiously for Amber to begin her case. Yes. But Johnny took the stand. Um, yep. He was on the stand for a couple of days. He had a vicious cross-examination. Mm-hmm. Um, and then look, I, I'm looking. This was, what was this, day 12? So, yeah, we're on day 12, and we're still on Johnny Depp's case. So just to take a step back, I want everybody to understand this is a civil case. It's not a criminal case. Right. Johnny Depp. Doing Amber Heard for defamation. He has to prove that she told, uh, that she engaged in conduct that was uh, defamatory to him. In order to do that, he has to show that the statements she made in this Washington Post op ed article were false, that they were defamatory, meaning that they were negative, that those statements caused damage and that she acted with malice because he's a public figure. So that's, in general, the elements that he needs to prove against Amber. He says this case is worth $50 million, crazy amount of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, there's a lot has gone on. So I know that you've been receiving a lot of questions from our audience, Lauren. Yes. What are they looking at? Because there's so much that has happened. Johnny Depp's told his story. Uh, again, a lot of this was outside of what was in the Washington Post op-ed. So a lot of what we learned wasn't in the op-ed. It was really, basically, he was saying that Amber was the abuser mm-hmm. and that he would retreat when they would get into fights. So he's trying to say that it's false that that he abused her. And he also spoke a lot about his past as a victim of abuse at the hands of uh, of his mother, mother, mm-hmm. and he was tying that into the way that he responded to Amber when they would get into arguments or altercations, saying that he would lock himself in the bathroom and retreat. Some things that we heard about, we heard the stories of the severed finger. Nobody, yes, <laughs> we saw a video of him 
you know, knocking things down in the kitchen and appearing to drink a lot of wine. His drug use has been a big point of contention. Uh, he's admitted to taking opioids. He's admitted to consuming alcohol. He simply says that he was never so intoxicated that he didn't know what he was doing. So that's a lot of what his case has been. There's been so much to this case. Though That's what Johnny Depp's case has been focusing on. And again, mm-hmm. Almost concluded. We heard from some expert. We've heard from an expert today. We'll get into that in a little bit later. But there's been so many witnesses. You know, there were 150 witnesses on the witness list. Right. You know, a lot of people involved in this case. Uh, not that they're all necessarily called, but certainly something to keep in mind that this case has been really all encompassing and digging into Johnny Depp and Amber Heard's lives to a degree that it's almost surprising that Depp right. brought case because it was him he decided to bring the case now i'm not making a judgment on whether or not it's right or wrong i'm saying that it's a huge endeavor to bring a case like this because it's so hard to prove and it requires so much information that would normally not be in the public right well i mean you you told us to expect this you told us that that was the reason that you were shocked that this came forward in the first place because that's exactly what was going to have to happen and we kind of talked about it 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 was almost you know we know that he was obviously warned about that he knows that there's defamation cases are hard especially when celebrities are involved as you have pointed out so i'm sure his lawyers told him that over yeah, and you know what? He said that on the stand, just to remind our audience and, and those of you who have not <laughs> had mm-hmm. the opportunity Watch to watch it, it. As, as Lauren and I have. Uh, he said in response to cross-examination that he wanted to get his side out and he wanted to address not only the Washington Post op-ed, but also to address other information that was out there in the media. Now, again, Lauren, to your point, that's not really relevant to the case, mm-hmm. but perhaps it's relevant to his motivations, which we can only speculate about, right? Right. Uh, we can only speculate about what Johnny Depp's motivations yep. were to the case. But it seems that it it truly, as far as what he said on the stand, lies with telling his side of the story and getting his narrative out there. Now, I want to make one quick comment because this was actually a really alive on social media today. Apparently, Drew Barrymore had mm-hmm. her show and i think she called it a seven layer dip of craziness or something of insanity yeah. yeah had a you know she had a quip about it and she was getting a lot of flack on social media and i i do want to just quickly say that i think what's getting lost in talking mm-hmm. about this has been so many salacious facts and so many crazy situations and crazy information and information that relates to celebrities. And so everybody's eyes are on it, but it's, it's a domestic violence case. And so no matter who you believe, whether you Mm -hmm. believe Johnny Depp, whether you believe Amber Heard, whether you believe a mix of both of them and this concept of mutual abuse, it's serious subject matter. And we're watching it play out with celebrities. So we're processing it a little bit differently uh, because everything is more of a spectacle. But it's a serious subject matter. And we don't really watch civil cases play out. This is unusual for a civil Mm -hmm. case to be so uh, dramatic and to and not that there's always dramatic facts. But the fact that we're in the courtroom with a camera seeing all of this play out in a civil case is unusual. This is usually a criminal cases that we're watching. No, absolutely. And here's the other thing that's big with this is that because this is so unusual and because it's being played all 
for the world to actually watch freely on the internet is that it's becoming a big factor on social media. And there's a lot, I mean, this trial's almost playing out on social media because now everyone's like, you know, making their TikTok videos and there's lots of, I mean, it's been trending. It's one of the trending topics since this trial has started, you know, and a lot of it, again, we have to remember, we've only heard Johnny Depp's side so far. So everyone seems to be coming out in troves for Johnny Depp because of some of the stuff that we've seen so far. But again, we've only seen his side so far. So, but you know, the things that everyone's kind of talking about and the Missy is stuff that I kind of wanted to address with you was, you know, a, a few of the biggest, bigger moments, should we say, um, you know, that especially has been talking about on social media is um, we had a psychologist that came out and talked about how she saw signs of two potential personality disorders from Amber Heard. Amber Heard's team said that they saw this testimony coming a mile away and that it was lazy and that it's a tactic that's used against victims. So I'm interested in what your take is when you hear this, because what was interesting, the social media has talked about how she has come into court the day after, two days after, in similar outfits as Johnny. Her hair had pulled back right after Johnny. The bee on the tie the day or day, two days after Johnny had it. You know, so there's a lot of eyes on this. And you have a psychologist that kind of talked to that as well. So can you kind of break down a little bit where we are there? Yeah, so just like Amber Heard's lawyers, I was not surprised to see this type of expert come out mm-hmm. on the stand. Now, first of all, what's odd about this? Okay, so you had a psychologist come out and the psychologist had reviewed all of Amber Heard's records and had actually uh, done an evaluation. I believe she met with Amber Heard two times. And why this is strange. So in civil cases, when you have emotional injury or you have personal injury of some kind, civil cases, what you get what's called an independent medical evaluation. And that means that each side can designate a doctor to essentially evaluate the claims of the other side. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't really happen in defamation cases because it's not a personal injury case like I broke my leg or, or hurt my shoulder or it's not a sexual abuse case. That's not what this case is. A sexual abuse case where you have an expert come and talk about the psychological impact of the alleged abuse. This is a defamation case. Right. So to have psychologists doing evaluations of one of the parties is generally not something that you're going to see. Now, in this case, I'm assuming that both sides fought about this. And I remember seeing motion practice in the early onset days of this case where Amber Heard was actually looking for an evaluation of Johnny Depp. And so hmm. while not following all that motion practice from the get go, I'm assuming that at some point. The judge either said one side gets an IME, the other side gets an IME, you know, both sides get it, or the parties agreed to it or something, because this would be a hotly contested point in these types of cases, because Mm. it's not normal in a defamation case. There's not a psychological injury component. That's not part of the damage. Interesting. Or economic loss. The damages are not, you hurt my feelings. It's really not. So it's different. So... Or, or, and, and by the way, you hurt my feelings is a very watered down way of saying that right. in other cases, emotional damages are a cornerstone and an important piece and a recoverable aspect of a case. So this is, this is unusual, but the fact that this case largely relies on uh, mental state and mental health 
Mm -hmm. as far as Amber Heard to Johnny Depp and Johnny Depp to Amber Heard, right? They're both kind of making accusations right. of the instability of each party. Having an expert come on to testify that to, to that point and to basically provide an explanation to the jury as to why Amber Heard acted the way she did from Johnny's perspective. I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying mm -hmm. it's not. the jury is the arbiter of that. Right. But that's the reason why her team said, yeah, obviously you're going to have somebody come on. You know, the, the testimony mm -hmm. was, oh, you know, people that have these disorders, which, by the way, are hotly contested in the, in the yeah. of psychology. They're really this the, the personality disorders that she was allegedly identified, the psychologist are not are, are basically there's two schools of thought about them. And I wanted to ask you about that. Can you tell me about that? Because that's very yeah, interesting. A lot of psychologists discount them. You know, they, they say that they're they don't fall within the parameters of what is regarded in the medical community, which is the standard under the law mm. as far as expert testimony. It has to be within the medical community, something that that uh, that type of expert has to be looking at things as to what the medical community has accepted. Okay. So there's, there's psychologists for this psychologist who comes in and says, there's all these personality disorders. There's going to be a psychologist who will say that that's all hooey. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I mean. There's two sides. I to see. It. Yeah. 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 Okay. So first off her team attacked the psychologist for qualifications that she was not certified and in, in, she didn't have certain certifications uh, that she had never testified before. You know, they attacked her credibility on a bunch of different levels. And then they talk about the defense team, of course, says, well, obviously this was going to happen because Johnny Depp, you need to provide an explanation for what you're saying. And so basically the psychologist said that Amber heard these disorders uh, would would make somebody fabricate stories and be mm. overly dramatic and you know, it, it basically fitting into the narrative of what Johnny Depp is Listen. saying mm -hmm. about Amber. Okay. Now that's what you do when you when you get right. experts find right. experts who will um, <laughs> further your claims, right? As and yeah. he's the plaintiff. And, you know, and to the extent that they're credible, that's for the jury to decide. And that's why you saw her team go after I her. see. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically from the defense side, you say, right. This person, first of all, these, this, this type of disorder is hotly contested in the psychology field. Second of all, you're not even qualified to talk about it. Third of all, what you're relying upon isn't sufficient to make the diagnosis. And fourth, you're a hack hired by the other side. And that's really the argument. And then the jury can do what it wants with respect to that expert testimony. And you'll hear if this trial gets to that point, you will hear uh, an instruction from the judge regarding expert testimony and whether or not the jury ah, can, right. can okay. consideration. Um, I think it's interesting because you're right. The symptoms, people are making that connection that the symptoms of what the psychologist testified about are now being linked to Amber Heard's outfits. Like, well, look, and the, yeah. Know. And the side by sides I've, I've seen, I saw like three days worth of side by sides and I was actually, Kind of surprised, but you, you know, it's social media. There, there's conspiracy theories everywhere and all these things always pop up. Is there a coincidence? I don't know, but it was very interesting that that was starting to get this pickup on social media. And then all of a sudden we heard testimony that kind of connects in there. It was like, Oh, interesting. Cause I, I saw a lot of headlines were picking up on that. Yeah. It's so funny. Internet sleuths are so astute. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yes. Absolutely. I never 
ever would have even thought about that. So I don't right. know whether or not. I don't know whether or not it's true. I mean, if so, I don't, at social media, I guess is probably a little bit more in tune with that than the jurors. But maybe they're paying attention to that. I'm not sure. Honestly, just side note. Over over Amber Heard's looks and pop potentially, you know, mimicking Johnny Depp's looks, I would think the jury would be paying a lot of attention to the fact that Johnny is seen in the courtroom stacking gummy bears. I, I was actually really shocked. I actually wanted to ask you because here's the thing: you're in the you're in the court all the time. If you uh, doodling, there's a doodle book. There's you know there's some others. He has a lucky two dollar bill. He has the jelly beans and the like the stacked. <laughs> Is that common? I mean, you're in trial. I mean, it's hours at a time to help you know maybe with anxiety. I don't know. Is that is this common? Have you ever seen this in your court? I would say if you have a client doing stuff like that, the jury notices and they don't feel you're taking the case seriously. So, no, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'd be knocking the gummy bears down. <laughs> uh, OK, yeah, I agree. It's a lot of hours and it's a, it's it's tedious, no doubt. Right. Um, but you're bringing the case. You, mm-hmm. you, you that makes you sense. Are bringing the case. It is your complaint. You are the one seeking relief. You right. are the, the reason that we are all here. And if you have somebody looking like they're not engaged in the process. Yeah. So wh- why is a jury supposed to, you know, find in your favor if you're not engaged for the process? And these aren't legal arguments. It's just that juries really do pay attention. I was just going to say, yeah. They really do. They matter. And that's, I was actually going to say, you know, I don't know if Amber Heard's legal team saw what was going on on social media and said and could ask her about it and said, you know, hey, look, this could be distracting or it, it, it's interesting. Yeah. Consideration. But I'm assuming Johnny Depp, you know, a lot of what he had said in his testimony, he was sort of leaning into that. I'm an artist type. Ye- yes. Mentality and because always. Oh, when he would get into a fight, he would get out his journal and he would journal about it and write. And, Mm -hmm. you know, so maybe the doodling is sort of in that vein. But I got to say, optics matter. And I found it to be incredibly uh, it it makes him look like he's detached and Mm. that he's not taking it seriously. And I would think it would be incredibly distracting. And if I were the lawyer, I would say, you got to stop doing that. You've got to, like, sit up, look engaged and be paying attention because guess what? All this is coming out right now during his case. No matter who is testifying, they're looking at gonna, him. It's going to be refuted. It's going to be refuted on the other side. There's mm. going to be witnesses who are going to be called with testimony relating back to what we heard in this case because she's in, she's defending. So right. It's also pay attention. Is there something happening here? You know, when when these witnesses are being questioned, and then there's cross examination for when it comes back. Yeah, and a lot of times, look, we as lawyers, you weren't there for whatever happened. You don't know. You don't have firsthand knowledge. Right. So you have to go to your client for information that could fill in gaps when something comes out in court. So I think it's really odd. I think his stacking gummy bears and doodling is way more distracting than the bee pen. But then again, mm. I didn't see the bee pen <laughs> until TikTok told me. About it. <laughs> That's me. I guess. Yeah. Is I guess I didn't. I didn't draw the connection. I, but uh, I. I think it's interesting that you know he's kind of so laissez-faire when right this is the case that he's bringing and i don't think that's lost on the jury well and and let me ask you this is that so 
Also, I, I don't know if we've even mentioned this yet. So Amber actually got rid at uh, on Friday at the end of the week. She got rid of her crisis management team. She was not happy. So I'm wondering if that if that has to do with all of this social media buzz, because it is like I said, you see a lot of it right now, but we've only heard his side. But a lot of it's in his favor for that reason. And I think that a lot of people forgot that. Yeah. I mean, look, it's funny because. I, I, I grapple with this, and a lot of it is that when you have these types of high-profile cases, okay, the lawyers mm-hmm. are serving a purpose, and the lawyers are sort of the nucleus, and they're, they're handling all the litigation strategy, and they're handling the legal issues, and they're handling all of that, and they're taking all of that into consideration with any plan that goes beyond the courtroom. So in a high-profile case, you often have a PR team who is also handling press relating to this case, press relating to the trial and, and helping with that aspect. And the lawyers and the press team do work hand in hand. And a lot of times there's a lot of times there's a dichotomy of what to do, right? Because the press team might want to do something that's super aggressive or out there. And the defense team as lawyers, we might say, hey, you know, that could open up the door to X, Y, Z, because we're always thinking that way. As right. Well. Of course. That's right. And PR, PR professionals have a different job. And so that's why you work in unison. So I don't know. You're right. I mean, it's, it's an odd time to make a switch. Um, it could be because of the headlines, I would say. And this is not knowing anything about it with any mm-hmm. personal knowledge. I would say that because Johnny Depp is so famous and he's got, you know, the people that are going to be in his camp no matter what happens because he's yeah. got such a fan base mm-hmm. when his case is on obviously that's his case so he's putting on witnesses that are going to tend to support his case and it right. just so happens that we've had 12 days of that so it feels very overly yes fascinating. yes but when her time is about to come and i would say that there'll probably be a little bit of switch in tone in media coverage only because more information from her perspective uh-huh. so and and the other thing about this case that's interesting and and actually it's i i don't know what happened i didn't read all the pretrial motions i didn't get into the all of the stuff that happened before you get into the courtroom for trial but I think a lot of what's happening here, it's like the net is cast so wide for what's coming out in court because this mm. is about that article. And I get it that it's a defamation case. And so false, the fact that the statements are false, that's what Johnny Depp has to prove. He has to prove that the statements in that article were false. And those statements weren't really about him. They didn't mention him by name. They talked about her experience as somebody who came forward with allegations of abuse, right? It's kind mm-hmm. of a different angle. But the net is cast so wide in this case. His side uh, is is bringing in all sorts of information about the relationship that really isn't relevant to the legal claim. So here's right here's saying this right now. So she could come out and she could contest, you know, every single fact that he brought up because the door is open. Everything, and I say fact is is what the what their case is, not that it's fact, but everything that he brought up in his case. And she could go line by line and provide a counter, you know, point counterpoint and provide her narrative with respect to all of that. But the legal strategy might actually be, and I don't know that a lot of this doesn't actually matter. So Mm -hmm. it's so streamlining it to here's the elements of the case and here's what he has to prove for defamation. None of this really matters. There's a lot of gobbledygook. Mm -hmm. This is like magic 
for a, for a divorce proceeding. This matters for yeah. a this matters for a civil battery case, but that's not the case that's in this courtroom. So I don't know if perhaps the, perhaps her story won't come out with as much clarity because there will be a defense strategy to that end. So to your point, Lauren, to loop back, I'm talking a lot about that because I think a strategic decision was made that originally her testimony was going to come out, but now it looks like it's going to be some medical testimony that's going to be the first mm-hmm. first step probably going to be when when somebody puts um uh an expert on the stand as a defendant you have the opportunity to put somebody up in rebuttal so meaning you have a specific expert that's going to go up there and say the probably close to the opposite of what somebody else right 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 right. and it's what's called the battle of the experts and it happens in in pretty much every case (laughs) every case ever yeah, and the jury has to make a determination on which expert they find to be more credible uh, based on a variety of different factors. And um, that they're coming out the gate with their experts. So my guess would be because we're hearing from, you know, we had her, uh, Amber Heard's private nurse testified today. We had this psychologist that we were just speaking about. We've heard some other expert medical testimony that maybe the defense team felt that attacking those witnesses and coming out with their rebuttal witness or coming out, maybe it's a witness who has direct knowledge. I'm not exactly sure who they have Mm. on tap first, but that's going to be more effective to lay the foundation for contesting the case um, and kind of debunk some of what has come out. Before her just jumping on the stand. Before her just jumping in. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's all strategic. Lay the groundwork. Right. And look, look, I'm going to give you a, a heads up though. It could be as simple. I'm I'm doing this whole analyze, you know, why and get into the minds of the lawyers. And, you know, we never really know what the motivations are. We don't have every fact in front of us and we're not making those calls. It could be as simple as that expert is not available on Thursday. That expert is only available on Wednesday. Like, <laughs> it doesn't even fair. have to be so deep. <laughs> right. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> but, good, but to, good note. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it does seem like the – that perhaps the, and look, she's Amber Heard, she's the defendant. So everything, it's hard to sit in the courtroom and hear that. And yeah. I'm a defendant. So I sit with my client at that table. And, and a lot of times there's allegations being thrown at your client and it's emotional and it's difficult to deal with. Yeah. A lot. So right. perhaps she has just hit a breaking point with the media plus the courtroom. Who knows? Yeah. But um, especially the things that we've heard come out so this far that are very, very personal. Uh, the, and like you said, mm. absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, totally. Think and so, Lauren. I know another question that a lot of people had, and I, I saw this. It was people were emailing us and social media, Twitter. It was about her attorneys. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, and this is what I wanted to ask you about because I feel like this is only – okay, so here's – to set the stage, and I'm sure that a lot of people, if you're on social media, especially TikTok, there has been actual mashups of Johnny Depp's kind of – like you kind of said, like some of his answers going right back to his attorney, uh, to Amber's attorney. I mean, and the courtrooms actually kind of laughed at Johnny and like some of his answers. And I mean, there was even a moment where um, Amber Heard's attorney asked a question of a witness and then objected. And the judge said, you, you can't, you, you ask the question. So I feel like, and that's being used. And I feel like it's, I have to ask you, 
there's got to be a lot of pressure on a world stage. This is being shown live to the world. I feel like that that, that happens in every court case. There, there's, there's some flubs, but it's yeah. just now on a big stage right now, and everyone's kind of making a scene over it. Yeah, it's been hypercritical, and I, I actually wanted to talk about this point because I think that her attorney's getting a bad rap because he's actually doing a really, really good job. And I yes. think that, okay. number one, you can't appreciate the stress and pressure of trial, much less stress and pressure of trial with cameras everywhere. So if, if you work 24-7, when you're on trial as, a, as an attorney, when you're the trial attorney, and I know this from trying many a case and losing a lot of sleep because you are really working 24-7. And, and I know that sounds impractical, mm-hmm. but because every day you're in the courtroom and then you don't go home and, you know, watch TV and unwind. You go back to your office in a war room with everybody involved in the case and your client and you go through and prep for the next day. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredibly stressful and it's incredibly tiring. Now, that being said, I think that, yes, the way he said it, objecting to his line of his own line of questioning <laughs> it and I saw it but I don't think I think the, the objection that he raised was obviously the wrong objection but he was correct to object because in many of the times that we saw these these you know what were being dubbed flubs mm-hmm. there was an appropriate objection for non-responsiveness and when you get a witness who gets on and is rambling or doesn't answer the question asked mm-hmm. there's a very valid objection that you have to raise for appellate purposes and it's objection non-responsive strike the answer strike that answer to the question the jury can't consider it and so it's an appropriate objection he just raised it in the wrong way <laughs> right uh, probably because he was burnt out or on overload yeah. but it wasn't wrong to object mm-hmm. ah very interesting yeah and in the appellate case every attorney that's trying a case whether it's civil or criminal in their mind they're also setting up an appeal yes and it's, it's both sides can appeal so if you don't object to certain things at the time you lose your ability to object to them ever so you want to make such a good note for people to know. Yeah, totally. So I, I didn't, I was like, oh, he was definitely wanted, he was, he was making an objection to non-responsive answer. Um, and he said the wrong thing. Now, I think Johnny Depp, like he was really rambling in a lot of his answers. And mm-hmm. sometimes as a lawyer, rambling isn't bad because people tend to go on and say things that in their narrative that might not always be positive for them. Ah. Their case because they're getting comfortable in talking. So sometimes allowing someone to talk is good. Other times, especially when you have questions that really should be more yes or no or are contrite or should be kind of contrite in response, you got to do the objection to that Mm. type of answer and as non-responsive and, and move on. So I, that's what I'm thinking. I, re, I, I read into it. I didn't think this guy was being treated fairly. I think our lawyer's doing uh, a good job. Um, you know, their, their time to shine is really coming up because yeah. their whole mission is going to be to reframe this as a defamation case. And I think that that's, I, I don't, I don't know, but assuming that's the defense strategy and it kind of depends on how much detail they get into to, to actually do that. But, uh, I, I thought that was interesting. Another yes. thing I thought was interesting and people were really asking a lot of questions about. Um, and let's go through 
some of that. Okay, so this was last week. I believe this was Friday or Thursday. Uh, an ACLU staffer who yes. Amber Heard in the 2018 Washington Post op-ed talked about the process of writing the piece and that it was, I mean, it wasn't fully ghostwritten, but that there had been input and changes and writing from the ACLU as opposed to coming directly for Amber Heard. And a lot of people are asking about what that means. Yes. So I, I believe that that really could be used both ways. I'm it cuts okay. both, so it's one of those facts that cuts both ways. On one hand, in that in that testimony and there were some emails and some some actually written documentation of what had gone on, the the ACLU staffer had said that Amber Heard wanted to put more details in about her and Johnny Depp's relationship. And that ultimately hmm. they they decided not to go that route. They also the ACLU person also called the op ed an ad, which I thought was interesting. Yes. You know, that it was being penned with a purpose to draw attention. I mean that's what the ACLU does, right? They draw right. attention. Of course. So it was being written with a purpose to draw attention to the issue of domestic violence. Domestic violence specifically. So I think that that's how the it will be used from Johnny Depp's side. First, I think they'll say that because the op-ed wasn't 100% written by Amber Heard, it, there ended up being, uh, fal- there could have been falsities in there. And ultimately, Amber's responsible to her name on it, right? Right. And number two, I guarantee they're going to go back because the lawyer made a big deal about uh, about bringing it up, that she wanted to put more facts in there about their relationship. And that she wanted to put all of this, you know, all of the adversarial stuff that had gone on during their marriage in that document. Now, on the mm. flip side, I actually think it plays a lot better for the defense, personally. This is just me, and it does okay. how a jury will view it. But I think the fact that she, Amber Heard, wrote this article in conjunction with the ACLU and worked on it not only with the ACLU and their attorneys, but also with her attorneys. So there's this interactive process going on. Right. Hmm. To ultimately get to the the work product. Remember that they have to prove Johnny Depp has to prove malice. Malice. That's exactly. Yes. So I think you take I don't know how you show malice when that's the process. When you're trying to write something in the article. She ultimately didn't. That was more specific to their relationship. She ultimately. Mm. So she's bound by a non-disclosure agreement because that's what they signed at the end of her divorce. She didn't violate it. In conjunction with this article, and she ensured she wouldn't violate it by working with her attorney and working with the other attorneys. And so I actually think it bodes well for her that the process wasn't let's get this article together and sink Johnny, right? There's no communication that says that. There's right. And that well, talk about making sure that this didn't violate other court orders and didn't, and that whatever came out in the article ultimately pass muster with multiple attorneys. Can I ask, let me ask you this, but to that exact point, I just want to like a little devil's advocate in a way, but let me ask you this because of the fact that she showed interest in revealing some damaging things, but was told then not to, to, you know, in conjunction with it, the fact that she wanted to, 
Does that have any factor in a, in a malice knowing that she, she wanted to include it and then she was told not to? So the only reason it's not in there is because someone else told her not to. I just was wondering yeah, if that counts. And you, you must be on the press. Or the press. <laughs> That's what they're going to say. They're going to say that the fact she wanted to include that information speaks mm-hmm. to her motivations and speaks to her mindset. And they're going to say that, that that's the argument. Right. But I would say in response as a defendant that nothing matters except what made it into print. Yep. Yep. What made it into print. Is you are right. Case. Nothing else matters. And the fact that it was specifically left out, look, let me give you an example. I, I can say to you, Lauren, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. right? Without yep. being on this podcast, without being in a public forum, I could say to you, I hate person a, and I want to take them down. I could say that to you. Right. And that's something that I, I could say. But if I ultimately go and write a nasty article about person A that says all this terrible stuff, okay, well, then whatever's in that article is what is is what would be at issue. If I right. behind the scenes, like, person A is a jerk and I hate them and yeah. I think they're a person and they did this, this, that, and the other, but then I don't ultimately write that in an article, have I violated anybody's rights with the law? No. Well, and then, and, no, and if this wasn't brought forward, no one even know that that conversation happened anyway. Mm-hmm. The only reason that we know about the background of this conversation <laughs> and none of this made it into print is because of this lawsuit. So right. I, I understand your, I see. You okay. the way that the plaintiff's side will use it, but I think it bodes better for the defense side because there's this analysis going into what is in print right. and guess what's not in print, those things. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. Right. It's, it's a really good. Interesting. Um, so last, the last thing I want to bring up, because I thought this was actually very interesting, and this was today, um, that there was a media expert. Yes. Okay, let me get this guy's name, because I, I saw it. Okay, so there was a media expert today who testified, entertainment lawyer Richard Marks, I'm reading from an article, so I'm going to paraphrase now, uh, testified as an expert saying that Amber Heard's op-ed got Johnny Depp canceled in Hollywood. Okay, so his testimony in a nutshell was basically that before she wrote her piece, he was doing fine. Mm-hmm. An A-OK. And he couched himself as an expert and said that this was why Johnny Depp lost money. And I think that there's a there's a report out there that or one, of, one of his allegations is that one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movie, he he didn't end up getting it because... Oh, he lost it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's his argument. That's the big payday that he missed out on. Yeah. Pirate uh, 6, I think it was. Anyway. But yeah. Yeah. I couldn't... I'm glad you filled it in because I had no idea how many there were. So I was like, six? There's five? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um, so I thought that was really interesting that they had an expert, an alleged entertainment lawyer expert. Um. Look, I think that's I don't I don't know how this guy got qualified as an expert. I'm not saying he isn't great at his job. I'm not saying he's not a great lawyer. And I'm not saying he doesn't know the entertainment field, but you have to get qualified as an expert. And I guess I didn't realize that <laughs> that was something that you could do that that would be that would fall into that category, but uh I think it's interesting hmm. that that's that's mm-hmm. the damages. That's how they're seeking to show that the damages are related to Amber Heard's article. Keep in mind the damages, 
you have to have damages. And of course, right. Alleging this massive payday that he's lost. And he said during his testimony, one day you're Cinderella, the next day you're a pariah. And, you know, that's how he's couching this. Yeah. But he has to prove that it happened because of this article. And this was a real tangible step in doing that. And this is what he's relying on. So I thought that was a really interesting part and that a critical element to the case that had not been covered yet. Right. This was this was how uh, how it's happening. So. You know, trying to cover all of those elements of of the defamation that you have to prove right. in order to be successful. And what happens next? Well, I think, and there are reports that her team will move to dismiss the case. Yeah, um, I was just going to ask you about that because that's what everyone's circulating right now is that they're going to file a motion probably tomorrow is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I would imagine as soon as Johnny Depp wraps up his case. So mm-hmm. you, you, we hear this all the time in criminal cases. So just to bring it back to the way the court operates in a criminal case, the prosecution brings their case and then it's time for the defense case. Usually at that moment, the defense asks for what's called a directive verdict. They say the prosecution failed to prove their case because it's their burden. They didn't prove it beyond mm-hmm. reasonable doubt. There isn't enough evidence. And then the trial will generally go on. Um, but that's enough, again, another objection that needs to be preserved on the record. You need to make that motion in order for it to be something that could be considered on appeal. Down the road. Um, same thing in a civil case, just slightly different, slightly different mechanism and slightly different, um, a slightly different ask, just a different way. Same idea, different motion that's made. But once the, 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 uh, the plaintiff side finishes their case, which they're expected to do, I think, tomorrow. I think mm-hmm. they're pretty much at the end. Um, then the other side, the defense says, plaintiff, you didn't fulfill your case. And remember, in defamation cases, you have to have enough evidence to overcome those hurdles that we spoke about, you know, the actual malice piece, the damages piece, the false piece, uh, and the defamatory. So I think as far as false and defamatory, just as far as the elements mm-hmm. go, those elements, those are probably questions of fact for the jury because the jury is going to decide about right. the credibility of all of the witnesses. So there's probably ample evidence out there. Again, doesn't mean it doesn't mean it, he wins, but right. enough evidence to continue on to continue. But the question is, is there enough to prove malice and is there enough to prove damages? So we saw what their case is about damages Malice, I think, is the big piece uh, that they're going to focus on. And also when the defense makes that motion, I hope we get to hear the arguments because I think the focus is going to be so much on the up ed and 99 percent of what we heard throughout the whole throughout this whole, case, yes. this whole 12 days had nothing to do with the actual article. Right. It's all outside the article. So what are we talking about? We're talking about the article and bring it back to that. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, can you even bring a case like this on an opinion? I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and number two, the name, his name isn't in it. Number three, yeah. you know, the article doesn't really talk about their relationship at all. It talks about her experience coming forward. Um, and it's, it's his case that it's defamatory by implication strong enough to go the rest of the way. Look, most of the time judges want cases to go to the jury so the jury can decide. Right. But they're going to make the case. And I think the arguments are going to be really interesting and I'll probably pull the briefs like a nerd and read them <laughs> uh, but I'm interested in everything that, that gets in there because I think that, 
there's really novel, novel arguments in this case. Truly, there's really interesting arguments. And defamation cases don't always, when it comes to public figures, make it this far. So there's a lot of issues that are being hashed out here. And uh, it's going to be interesting. And then the next step is Amber Heard starts her Uh, case. I was going to, yeah. Yep, she'll testify probably next week uh, or this or towards the end of this week. It's only Monday, so very plotted for Wednesday or Thursday as of now, although that can always change. Yes. I mean, eyes are going to be glued. I'm very interested. And we also have to remember, because there's also that the, the factor that she filed a countersuit for a hundred million dollars. So there's that factor that's kind of still hanging out there as well, right? Yeah. So she's got a countersuit. That's a whole other case. Like, so what, how, how, what, what, after this all plays out, how does that work then? So once this is concluded, um, it's, you see the same thing, just the V is flipped. So she's on the other side of the V and the interesting part about a case like that is nothing that comes out in this courtroom. It's all called qualified privilege. So this, the information that came out about her and statements he made on the stand. Oh, so it's only limited to what he said in the media prior to prior this, or or during the or after. I mean, it can that's all up for that's all up for grabs statements he's made in the media about uh-huh. her, but nothing that he said in the course of his testimony or the information that came out in this trial can be used as. Uh, evidence of defamation so that's that's why it's interesting legal that's question. a big one right yep. well, so, like, some of the worst stuff he said we didn't right know about right testing. until this exactly i mean the worst from the perspective of if it's if it's uh, a law, right uh, so yep absolutely so it that's where it becomes interesting but when you have countersuits in cases like this sometimes whether or not you move forward with it depends on because it's, it's not criminal. The first round, yeah, yeah. It just depends. It'll probably depend largely on how this comes out. Yes, and okay, and then it'll be a judgment call. You know, does anybody want to do this again? Um, what's at stake? You know, what? It, so there's a right. lot of factors that come into it. But again, if you want to bring a countersuit, you have limited time to do it because of statute of limitations. Right. All- okay. So you, you gotta, if you want to, if you want to bring it, you got to bring it during a certain time period or you lose your ability to. So whether or not you actually pursue it, who knows, sometimes it's the leverage against the other side. You know, most of these cases don't make it to trial, but uh, here we are and only time will tell with that. But I would say that that whether or not that goes down the same path will be very dependent on the outcome of this case. I would imagine. And yeah, I, no, I'm just saying from a perspective of uh, handling a lot of cases like this, if she if, if Johnny Depp is not successful and the jury finds an Amber Heard's favor. Yeah. Why would you You probably she, wouldn't do it? You because just drop it. Don't you know, do you really want to double down? You had your victory. Right. right. <laughs> do you want to or risk anything else? I don't know at this point. I... <laughs> right. But it just depends. But um, if. If there's a judgment and then this goes into an appeal, why would you why would you withdraw it? Right. Right. Because there's an appeal about whatever the verdict is one way or the other. So a lot of things to think about more and more on this case. Case is 
you know, really, really going on and on and on. And we're day 12 and we're not even halfway through. Right. We've got so much, so much more. And like you said, I, this is a very serious case at the end of the day. And I know that it is been wildly explosive and some of the things are some of the most shocking to be very honest that I've even heard and we've been covering true crime and celebrities and all of these things for a long time but at the end of the day this is a very serious case and this is also a very important subject matter you know overall so I'm glad that we're covering absolutely and I think that what a lot of people are saying is in tune with her article so you got the people who are in favor of uh, who are in favor of I'm, I'm saying that but really really in believing Johnny Depp and seeing his testimony and they're kind of the loud ones right now because this case is uh, his side has come out, but then there's the other piece of it and it's the impact of this case on other people who have been victims of Mm -hmm. abuse. And one thing I would say is don't look at this case as a deterrent to coming forward. This case is unusual in that way. So, you know, mm-hmm. I I would hate for this case to be exactly what Amber Heard wrote about in that article. Whether I, I, right. I mean, the relationship, I don't know. We're all watching it play out. It looks like they had it regardless of who was abusing who. I, I, I don't know. But it right. looks like their relationship was terrible and very detrimental to both people. Just just optically. Yep. So never feel that. Uh, you can't come forward if you're a victim because of yes. backlash. Uh, this case is playing out in a very, very public way, but ultimately th- there should not be a deterrent factor yes. coming forward. And Correct. look, you can look at it both ways, no matter which way, if Johnny Depp is the true victim, I don't know. I mean, look, I thought some of the, I thought some of the evidence that came out really kiboshed this defamation case, but that's, the point here is that this case isn't about proving who abused who. Right. That, that's just not what it is. So it shouldn't be deterrent to victims coming forward because this case, while all encompassing and a lot of facts are coming out, a lot of information is coming out, a lot of craziness, this is not really the usual of how it right. like, plays out. That's a great point. And it's, a, it's an important thing for people to know and to understand going into this and watching this playing out on such a big stage. Yes. Well, so now we've recapped. We will keep you posted on what yes. happens next. Uh, and, and we'll be back later in the week to catch up on this and some other stories that have really been capturing headlines. I mean, this has been number one, but there are a few others that we'd like to get some traction on, explain and get caught up to speed. Yes, absolutely. Well, Misty, thank you so much for taking the time to break all of this and getting us all caught up to this point because there's a lot that's been going on, but there's still so much more to come. So I'm glad that we've got up everyone up to speed now. So as we look forward as to this huge week that's going to be coming up. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This is The Legal Brief. Tune in later this week. Bye, everyone.